Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This week in League, JDB sinks to new lows as he moves from committing crimes on beds to crimes under them. David Nofaluma shows he's as terrible at being defensive on social media as he is on the field. Matt Lodge enters New Zealand as the most unpopular Aussie import since Brenton Tarrant. Plus, we look ahead to all the action for round 17 of the 2021 NRL season. Why more this week in League? Welcome to episode 414 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And we are flying duo. Yes. This uh, this evening for this we episode. Are. We are. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Glennie has to take the uh, epi offy <laughs> <laughs> due to uh, some shit a man's got to do. That's it. There's um, <clears throat> There was a special assembly called... At the Glenny School. And so, unfortunately to him, that's like the fucking bat signal in the sky. So, <laughs> I thought it was actually like a, you know, a, a snap decision was made to, to hold a, a fucking uh, Toowoomba District District Carnival. And there were several of the next uh, future number sevens for the Brisbane Broncos showing up. And he just couldn't, <laughs> he, he just couldn't uh, <laughs> pass up <laughs> an opportunity. <laughs> To run his eye over the next generation of number sevens for the Brisbane Broncos. Do you, do you think it's actually seeing the talent, or is it standing around with the other dads going? It's a clear difference in skill there, isn't there? Like just having those conversations. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. Oh, don't get me wrong. I mean, like you know, you know, you know, Glenn, like I know Glenn, and you know that he's all, he would be all about those conversations. Loves a dad chat. He, fucking he would loves fucking a dad kill, chat. Can kill a dad chat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah that yeah. that's pretty much what the what what the post episode chat is, <laughs> or pre episode chat. Literally every fucking week. I mean, there's there is a solid portion of uh of of dad chat, and uh, oh, but look, I I I thoroughly enjoy um his insight on. The import export trade and international relations. Oh yeah, that's usually our pre-episode chat. Is uh, you know dealing with dealing with uh, overseas suppliers and uh, their ability or lack thereof to yes. uh, understand orders that, and uh, and follow follow directions and uh, and invoices. Yes, correct. I, mean, I do I do enjoy those because that's where you get a different side of Glenny. So let us get through and have a totally unbiased episode where the West Tigers feature in the news. Yes. And we don't have to listen to we don't have to listen to the old sugar coder. <laughs> Papering over the cracks at the Tigers. Yet again. Oh. But before we get to that, I'd just like to say also, 
I just want to give a, a special shout out to uh, to my biggest fan, and uh, and, and yeah, may may you have a speedy recovery, and on to <laughs> the story. Oh my god, these motherfuckers are pain wore me out of this story. Can you fucking believe this shit? Um, <laughs> the first story I want to talk about, and this had this happened in time for us to to talk about. Uh, you know, just briefly, it had just happened on Sunday. Uh, I think they the first I heard of it was perhaps on the um on the Sunday morning footy show, and it was kind of as that show was rolling. Each ad break would go on, and it, and I would have new information about the, the the story and everything like that. And of course, is the uh, the, the the party, the party at Vorney's. Which uh, oh, weekend at Vorney's? Weekend at Vorney's, just uh, unbelievable. I mean, the Dragons pulled pulled off a you know an epic golden point win that they you know they sh- it was a game they shouldn't have won, and what better way to celebrate than uh, go back to Vorney's and fucking smash some cans? Yes, in the middle of a, a COVID lockdown. <laughs> yes. So, uh, what has happened? Of course, well, it was a huge. This this was a this was a huge fuck around. I mean, as the stories dribbling out, there was a party at Paul Vaughan's house down there, and uh, there were all these stories come out that you know Corey Norman had, you know, he was there, uh, as evidenced by the fact he left his wallet on the barbecue and then taken the runner when the cops turned up to this party because a neighbour, yeah, well. <laughs> It's like where do you fucking start on this on this story chronologically? Because you had the initial sto- the initial story was that, you know there was a party and there was a, a number of, of dragons players like a dozen dragons players at this party in breach of the um, not in breach not necessarily in well actually they were in breach of the COVID laws as well as the the current uh, biosecurity protocols governing yes. NRL teams where they can basically uh, they can do shopping and training right. Yeah, and other than much. that, it's just sort of like home and those things. So, mm-hmm. uh, so they're in violation of, of both of those things. And then it was like, okay, who you know, which were the players there? Corey Norman was apparently there, as evidenced by the fact he, while he wasn't there physically at the time, the police turned up. His wallet was there, and then apparently his cars are parked out the front with uh, extremely recognisable, <laughs> personalised plates. S M zero zero V E. I was like, yeah, clungy. And like the and the, and the IE is like the thirteen, <laughs> but um, <laughs> then you had the you know that that sort of that level of that kind of level of cover the the, the level of cover up that they've had, that that they had as well where it took a while and it took a lot of questioning for the police and the club itself to get to the bottom of the situation about. Who was actually there? Mm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, what sort of involvement? I mean, the the wash the wash up of it is though is that the uh, the players in question were fined various amounts of money based on past indiscretions, the salary that they're on at the club, and I think the the truthfulness that they displayed. Mm. Under initial questioning, yep, and then suspensions as well. All the players got a week. Paul Vaughan got himself eight weeks, being the uh, the ringleader of the whole thing and the party being you know, taking place at his house. Uh, he was also fined the, the most amount of money. And then since then, 
he had his contract torn up um, because this guy is a habitual line stepper. At yeah. the, at, since since he moved to the Dragons, I mean, we spoke about this on Sunday. We where did it's just like or Monday, whenever it was, and we're just like, look, this is a guy like he was. A, he was a front rower that had a step and just had a had a knack to, of scoring tries when he was at the Raiders, mm-hmm. and uh, not scoring like non front rowerish tries. Moves to the Dragons. And then they come out and they say, look, we had a sexting thing. That was his first strike. Then we yep. had his COVID protocol breach last season. That was yep. his second strike. And now he's got this one, third strike. He's gone. That's it. And he has really cemented himself in what is an extremely strong field as potentially one of the most brainless <laughs> players in the history of the game. Well, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I don't want to, you know, make it. To diminish the severity of what he's doing. No, 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 no. Because and, and I've I've heard a bit of it going on that and, and it was the same with Nathan Cleary last year. You know, oh, what's he actually done? When it comes down to it, all he's actually done is have some mates around. He's mm-hmm. just had some mates around and they've just had a barbecue and some beers after they've won a game of footy. Yeah. You, you can't tell a man he can't do that. Now that that's true, you know, that no, except for you can't tell a man he can't do that. Uh, but at the moment, there's a fucking thing going around that kills cunts if they breathe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's already gotten into an aged care facility. Yep. Who knows where all of these players, wives, girlfriends, partners work and how quickly that connection gets something out into the community or back to them or shuts the season down. One side of the coin is that the NRL relies on games going through to fulfill its contract to the yes. broadcasters. And so that could potentially cost the NRL a great deal of money, which would be a terrible shame and would sadden me and cost jobs for lots of other people. Then there's the other side of things that the rest of the fucking city, the largest city in Australia and its surrounding areas are all for the most part doing the right thing. Yep. And lots of people are foregoing employment, especially casual workers and and people like that. Small business owners are getting Mm -hmm. absolutely fucking smashed Mm -hmm. trying to keep staff on. You know, that's the issue here. And I think it goes back to what I was talking about um, on Sunday. If you went and ran testing on not only first grade footballers, but, but pro athletes in a lot of places, there would be a sh- well, a potentially shocking number of them that have issues with the regulation of, of impulses. Yes. Which is essentially what this is. Then you look at the aftermath, the cops turn up. You know, you just describing what happened. The last time I saw something like that was when the police turned up to a house party when I was about 15. Yeah. So... If the police turn up to a house party that you're at, then you sit there and you let the police talk about what they want to talk about and then you comply with the directions you're given and you might cop a fine if you're doing something wrong. As an adult, you go, oh, yep, okay, probably had that coming (laughs) and you move on. Yep. But to do the bolt and jump fences and run through other people's yards, that, fuck me, that's, that's teenage mentality. 
Yeah, and then it's like, and and then there were, and, and you'll hear more about this on the member side this evening. Though this week's member side for patrons, because um, I have received an email from uh, from uh, one of our popo liaisons, and can't wait. It's fucking crazy the amount of like bullshit that they tried to pull over the coppers to get out of this. Like, for example, one of the publicized ones is, uh, is uh, JDB saying that, yeah, his car was parked there and his missus said, yeah, he was there, but he wasn't at the party per se. He drove his car over there to, to then take the dog for a walk. Oh, <laughs> oh, fuck. That's one of the pub. That's one of the more publicized ones. But um, <laughs> let's just say there were more than one player who had just stopped in at Vaughnies to take a shit. Jesus Christ! Because they were caught out, and he was closest to where they were at the time. Um, just, it's just like and like it's just that 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 that, that brain dead footballer mentality that even thinks that you can get away with that. Yeah. Because yeah. because this one this because you've got the impulse control and but the thing is with impulse control, impulses are a sperm of the spur of the moment thing. Yeah. <laughs> you're not sitting down thinking about it. If you th- if you sat down and thought about it, then you're just a fucking dumb cunt. <laughs> and you've made a conscious decision yeah. to be a dumb to, to do something dumb. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> like fucking hell. So uh as we mentioned, Paul Vaughan, of course, his his contract has been uh, he was contracted until the end of next season, but his contract's been torn up. That was the third strike as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Um and But again, you know what fucks me off about that? What's that? Already there's now the talk about where will he end up. Yeah, the Tigers obviously. Well, you know, poverty club. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just you know, to me, it just seems like a no-brainer mm. that uh, you know he'd have, he'd have a you know. I mean, he, he, on Saturday night, he ran for like you know two hundred and sixty-two meters or something. Mm. Tigers would kill for that sort of fucking meterage. <laughs> James Tamau ran for like fifteen on Sunday afternoon against the Rabbits. Yeah, but leadership. He provided leadership. That's what they yeah, brought. Right. In. Yeah, right. I mean, he may he may as well have been the captain from the bench to the old. Kurt Gidley meme. <laughs> <laughs> there's um, there's some there's some uh, some mailbag questions that relate specifically to this. So I thought that we'd address the ones that relate to this story now. Yeah, um, go for it. David says, "Well, name a better hiding place for JDB under the bed than under the bed." And yeah, I mean <laughs> that fucking guy. Yeah. That fucking guy. Um, so uh, uh, Liam asked, uh, is JDB getting special treatment from the Dragons board? Why piss him off? Look, I think that, I think that, you know, what we all think we know about JDB and what, and, and what we feel are the facts of the situation that he was facing um, with the, the rape charges and the rest of it and surprise anal and all the rest of it. Like while why it, it feels clear from the reported evidence that obviously well, let's say worst case scenario, he was cheating on his pregnant missus. Yep. I mean, and something something did happen. The que- the only question that's left is the is the content the consent side of things, you know, for for legal purposes. Mm. And they couldn't they didn't find they didn't find him not guilty. They just couldn't come to a verdict, you know, which is an important distinction. However, be that as it may, legally speaking, the dragons yes, the dragons did stand by him during the 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 no fault stand down situation mm-hmm. for about two years, but. 
and like while this is not the best wording to use, the fact they couldn't come to a verdict means that he was kind of vindicated, which means that the legally speaking, the dragons were right to back him like they did. And I guess and it's like he didn't you know, he didn't do anything. That's not a black mark. I mean, it's it's a an absolute pain in the, in the dick for them for two years, paying out that money for a player that couldn't play. But the fact that he didn't get convicted of the charges means it's kind of like it's hard for them. It's hard to for them to have anything actionable out of that. You know what I mean? As a black True. mark against the player. But then the other way to speaking. look at that is they could have very easily not stood by him and said, "Yeah, we are going to terminate your contract," which they had an option to do. Yep. And we're going to get salary cap back from that. Yep. And we will then move on and we will buy another forward. Imagine, you know, at that time or in and around that time, you know, Fafita was on the table. Mm-hmm. There's been plenty of movement that they would have been able to afford. Yeah. I'd say they're within their rights now to look at him and say, hang on, no, we stood through you through all of this. Yeah, and then you've come and done this. And this is what you do. Yeah. I think the dragons, unfortunately, aren't as uh, intelligent, and they're more like, "Well, we're fucking India for two. We're India for two yeah. years now. We got to get something. Ba- we got to get something yeah. out of this, you know. So we need to get like a season, or we need, to, you know, what I mean, we need to get something out of the, you know this situation. But it doesn't appear that anything's going going, going to happen. Um, the interesting that- thing, like you, you always heard that Norman was on the chopping block, and it was quite publicly announced that he was told he wasn't wanted next year. Uh-huh. So the situation with like Vaughn must have been they must have had a lesser opinion of him than Corey Norman. Cause tell me this isn't the perfect excuse to get rid of Smooth Corey as well. Yeah, well these are the th- this is these are the names. Like I mean Erdem, for example, he said how the fuck did Norman and J and, and JDB survive the, the axe? Yeah. JDB was discussed. Norman I mean, with with JDB, I was just giving what I thought was their internal justification for for doing this. Norman, I got fucking nothing. I mean, you've got the 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 petulant fucking bitching mm. from his fashion label that he's part oh, of there Jesus. with fucking Isaac Johns and the, the other dickhead, and you've got the fact he wasn't wanted anyway. Yep, you've got the fact that. Whilst maybe not at the Dragons, but certainly in his NRL career taken as a whole, also a brain dead habitual line stepper. Yep. And you know he's you know clungies that you know the the doing lines with old mate at the fucking bowler or whatever it was, and you know and, and a number of other things that I'm probably forgetting. He seems to me an absolute no brainer to cut loose. Yeah. And like I, I'm, I, I'm guessing it's just something as simple as saying that. They feel like they had the three strikes on Vaughn, which was why they could terminate him, and maybe they don't have three strikes on Corey in his time at the Dragons. But what's what's this three strikes things though? Like, I don't know. I've, you know, it, I don't that, know. I've I've never gone into a job, and they and they talk to me about their fucking baseball policy when it comes to fuck ups. Yeah, like you know, yeah, yeah you you can be performance managed out of a company. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I don't know why it takes three strikes. Anyway, the Dragons know what they're doing. Reputable yeah, organisation. with Obviously, obviously. I mean, well, let's face it. They, with a year of on-field success under their belt. Yeah, the other thing is, I mean, Corey's going anyway, so there's no salary cap money that they need, they need to save in that case. Yeah, that's Vaughan true. Was signed, Vaughan was signed for another year on good so, cash, as far as, as my understanding. Like, I think he was, like, 
on reasonable cash, like around eight hundred ish. Yep. And uh, so they save eight hundred by jettisoning him. And words come out today that it looks like they're in in the in position to sign uh, Jaden Seward to a three year deal. So mm-hmm. I guess that first year's on the house now. Yeah, that's because, it. Because that's the because they're they're paying that with found money, and they probably aren't putting him on eight hundred grand either. So yeah. uh, that to me seems it was more like a for for business expediency. Yep. That they get rid of uh, mm. Vaughn rather than you know. Um, and there's another one I just didn't, I only just saw it here for the first time, but uh, Ben says, this is the first episode in which I couldn't disagree more with Jay's opinion on the Dragon situation in the Roosters game. The Dragon situation doesn't smell like mental health. It's completely just imbeciles not actually having the brains to conduct themselves within the guidelines and regulations. To say they have mental health issues, I feel diminishes the mental health space. The Roosters lost, that side should not have conceded the points it did. I think their back line still rep quality and forwards are the same and they couldn't even go with Melbourne. They shouldn't, they should have been talked about more than what happened with the dogs game. That Roosters loss, in my opinion, was the worst of the round, if not in a very long time. Mm. Yeah, so I, I get what you're saying, and and I'll raise a point that that Nate made around that. When we say mental health, remember that mental health is a spectrum. And so I'm not at all trying to say that they're not responsible for their actions because of their mental health. In fact, it probably makes them more responsible for their actions in that or, or for them needing to be more responsible yeah. for their actions. When I'm talking about part of, of struggles with mental health being people that have issues with impulse control, that's not something like, um, you know, in the, the campaign, the NRL are running at the moment about people being in, in dark places. Yeah. That's it's not something- a brain, it's not a brain chemistry <laughs> Issue can be. Talking about. can be. I mean, it can be. But what you're when you were talking about, you were talking about in terms, yeah, you know, in conjunction with you know, like brain, you know, brain damage. No, not no, like not traumatic necessarily. Brain, yeah, no, 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 not through not through CTE or anything or TBIs or anything like that. Of course, I can do it, obviously. Mm. But I'm talking about the sort of person uh, that grows up, um, be it nature or nurture, uh, but would have issues with basic impulse control in their day-to-day life. Mm. You know, it's things like poor money management. It's yep. things like quick to anger. Yeah. It's things like, you know, not saying no to social taboos. Mm-hmm. It's things like risky sexual activity. Sound, sound like anyone? Yeah, I was going to say, if I can see... <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of us that are being that are being attacked right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, n- not at all saying that that the this this is not like like Darius Boyd pulling the depressed lamatic immunity yeah, card. Yeah, saying I'm 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 a cunt because mental health. Yeah, yeah. But th- this is just saying that I would suggest that for a lot of them, that's the underlying reason, and it actually makes it worse that they don't recognize that after 20 plus years on the fucking planet yeah, and well. do something to help themselves. Yes. And speaking of, uh, of poor import impulse control, the um, Tigers winger, David Nofaluma, who's a favorite, a favorite on this show, a favorite of Glennie's. And so, you know, just in his absence, I thought I'd bring him up just so it feels like Glennie's home. But, um, he tweeted out the other day, or someone, and like, let's face it, this is a, just this is a, a, a stupid, yeah, internet cunt that sent an abusive tweet, tagging him in said abusive tweet, 
saying that, you know, but among other things, that Noffa had, had failed to make a correct read in defence since his debut in 2012. And, uh, is, that, yeah, is that abuse or is that satire? Well, well that, that line that you know, but he was yeah, the, the general tone of the of the of the tweet was just just one of those ones where you're just abusing a sports person. You know, you, yeah, okay, you're abusing a, a famous sports person. Um, Benoffo, you know, escalated things by by actually replying to the tweet or quote tweeting it and saying that he. Um, you know, it's sad that I get blamed for defensive decisions. In the first half, our A and B defenders didn't get up and put pressure, and then uh, Moses uh, Moses and Bob was getting caught. So you know, so left three on two for myself and James Roberts to deal with. And then he said, in the second half, we got up in one line of fence, and if you watch the second half, uh, you, you know, defended very well. So he ultimately deleted this tweet. However, <laughs> yeah, unsurprisingly, because uh, I mean. <laughs> There's pretty much no team endeavor, be it workplace, sporting side, or otherwise, where someone <laughs> throwing several other people under the bus in defense of themselves is not extremely <laughs> fucking poor form and breaking several codes. And, yeah. Uh, so Carmichael Nofaluma. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Fucking hell. Problem is when he's not, he's not snitching out his guys for fucking, you know, for... <laughs> Yeah, different white lines. But yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, look, rough one. Um, here's the thing: if somebody somebody ats an athlete, yep, I feel that that athlete has every right to go back at that person. In, oh yeah, in the, in the same spirit that they were gone at. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. If I at um, an athlete. Yep. And then they go back and search through my pictures and find an embarrassing thing to make fun of me for. Fair play. That's it. Yep. You know, live, live by the tweet, die by the tweet. Yep, that's it. Um, you know, fuck, on this show, the the things we've said about people's grandmothers, <laughs> you know, <laughs> live, live by the tweet, die by the tweet. And... Yeah, the the issue I have though is, as you said, he he fucking he's in there naming, saying, "Oh, oh, it wasn't wasn't me, it was such and such." Yeah, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, and like specifically naming Moses yeah. Mbai as a reason why, uh, you know, he and he and uh, James Roberts can't defend. Like, I tell you what, at least those two guys have earned an Origin jersey. Not well, I mean, like, it. It, well, I, I don't think he was throwing Roberts under the bus. I think he was he was lumping Roberts in with him, saying, you know, he was left high and dry by Moses. Oh, no, I know, but in that yeah. group of three. Yeah, well, yeah, in that group of one three, One of yeah, these right. things just doesn't belong here. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so then you saw a story, you see the story come out today where uh, when Noffa had his 150th milestone game uh, just a couple of weeks ago, whenever they played the Warriors. Yep. Um, he was out the night before mm-hmm. and uh, drinking with Madge and some other other Tigers guy, uh, Tigers uh, staff, coaching staff, and whatever, and you know sponsors and benefactors at a wedding was hung over, showed up to training hung over, and would have been dropped. But it was his hundred fiftieth game Fuck. that weekend, and the club had organised activities, you know, like celebrations and you know whatever, you know, game day shit. And so for that reason, he wasn't dropped. And he, but he was removed from the the leadership group. So, he, fuck. Where do you go on this? And and this is where 
they just cement themselves as a fucking meme club. So what are our options here? At Have some fucking point, standards. That's well, the first thing. I mean, like, why do, why do the players play like there are no repercussions or standards to be upheld yeah. at, in the club? I'll tell you why. Because standards were fucking dictated, and these standards, I imagine, would be common to every single fucking sporting club in the world that is uh, of a professional nature. He breaks those fucking... He, he breaks those standards. Has no repercussions because reasons. Yeah. I mean, the, what they... You know, they what they should have done... Well, let's face it, there's lots of ways they could have done it, but I mean, the repercussions, he certainly should have been dropped and that's just a matter of how they PR manage that dropping. Yeah. Do they come straight out and say drop for behavioural reasons and burn the burn the um, the milestone stuff? Yep. Or fucking Stage manager. next time. Yeah, yeah, or, you know... Or do you or you do you drop him and give him a you know give him a cover well, story for not you know? Well, let me I'll cast your mind back to a time when Michael Jennings was still at Penrith, you know, pre pre Roosters. Is that the the Boomgate thing, or is that the, the, or was that? Power so I there, can't remember. there was an He's instance. Had there was an instance where he turned up to training uh, after a big night. Yeah, and it was at that stage where he was he was at the peak of his powers. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was just almost unstoppable, it it was for a lot of the time. Give the ball to Jenko and just and just watch him beat three guys and and yep. streak away. You know, was was the most exciting outside back in the competition. And his punishment from Gus was that he was suspended. He was fined. By oh, this the is where he had to go and um. That's to, it, and they used the money the, that yeah. they fined him to purchase tickets for the next two home games and they forced him to walk around the grandstand handing out to, and they publicized why he wasn't playing mm-hmm. they forced him to go to walk around and hand out tickets to kids to say I'm sorry you didn't get to see me play today please come back and see me next time yeah I'm sorry you didn't get to see me play today yeah. you know and you know what the result of that was not long Ultimately after. abusing steroids. Well, I was going to say not long after he left the club, and, <laughs> but went and won a premiership. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he went and won a premiership, and then later, later, yeah. later was suspended out of the game for abusing steroids. Yeah. However, it's not really a happy ending. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, but I will respect the club's stance on that. Yeah, ten oh, times that was out great. Of ten. Yeah, ten that, times that, out of ten. But that's probably the best one example ever. Hmm. But then dig a little deeper on that Tigers issue. So we have a situation where there is a wedding mm-hmm. that staff are at, the coaching staff are at, and the players are at. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like that. when I read the story, it wasn't clear if it was um if it was like all the players. I mean, they made it seem like almost that he was one of the. It was um. You know who you know who was there? Your mate, fucking Pasco. He was there though. Well, of course he was. <laughs> Fucking loves a free dinner, the scabby cunt. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but if there's a wedding, so it was it was the it was the um, it was it was the wedding of the Tigers chairman chairman's daughter, mm-hmm. and it said that uh, also at the wedding was Madge Pasco and their head of football Adam Hardigan. Yep, doesn't mention any other players, but. Yeah, that's omission. Like a, they, but, it doesn't say they were there. It doesn't say they weren't but there. But then again, so here's this thing. Okay, no, he has a close relationship with the daughter after he stood by her side during a leukemia battle in 2014. 
So he may have only Fuck. been one of the. Has anyone checked whether he gave it to her? <laughs> well, I mean, I just think it's more likely that he didn't stop it getting to her, rather than well, actually overtly giving it to her. He no, just didn't prevent her getting it. I'm, I'm just saying, but just by him being in such proximity as standing next to her, her immune system wouldn't have known which direction to go in. Yeah, but I mean, standing next to her—it's such a vague term. I mean, because like he wears—you know—he wears the number on his back that says he's a winger. But is he really? A, a, is he on the wing much? That's it. Really? No. You know? No. It's just all too—it's just all too fucking uh, <laughs> ethereal and hard to. <laughs> Who um, knows? <laughs> but but okay, so here we are. We've and we've got senior members of the club here. So it's the chairman's daughter's wedding. Uh huh. And there's a training session the next day. Yes. For start, when is it? Is your wedding on a fucking Sunday night? Who has a wedding on a Sunday night, you cheap cunt? No, it could have been one of yeah, well, yeah, it could, could have been one of those. Yeah, um, people get the Friday afternoon weddings as well yeah, for true. the same reason. But then are they training on a Saturday? Maybe it's like yeah. Well, okay. Let me tell you what. This is what I'm going to anyway. do. While you're talking, while you're while you're while you're, while you're, while you're you, you just shit on the Tigers for a bit. Maybe add some Pasco spice. And while I do, while you do that, I'm going to go into the draw and figure out exactly when this fucking was. <laughs> And um, <laughs> which week which week this game was, just so we can be clear just, about what we're talking just about. Search search for all the tweets making fun of. Oh no, that was Luke Brooks that couldn't run through the banner. Fuck me, that's a club that keeps on giving. They, they really are. Though. They really are. Um, okay, here we go. But, I lost the Warriors. That was on the twenty first of May. So it's a week after, <laughs> it was a week after Magic Round. Okay, so I'm just gonna go there. And uh, okay, yeah, right. So it was on twenty first of May, so that was a whatever day that was. That was a would have been one of the early Friday. That was a Friday game. So it was a wedding on a Thursday. Well, no, because they played on a Friday. So like the so the wedding could have been on a Saturday, and they had a you know some sort of session on the Sunday or recovery yeah, or something. Anyway, like, you know. but but if there's a situation where there, actually no, it was see, before that game, so yeah, it had see, to be before that. Yeah, you plan for this. So if you have one of your players coming to a wedding because he has a close personal relationship with your daughter, Mm -hmm. then you need to make a call and you need to talk to the coaching staff and football department and say, look, Noffa's coming to the wedding. Can he please be excused from training the next day? Yeah, yeah. You know, or Noffa talks to the coach who will also be at the wedding and say, mate, I'm here to celebrate a special day with a good friend of mine. May I please be excused for training the next day? Mm -hmm. Or Madge, worst case scenario, is at the wedding Mm -hmm. with him and they fucking chink and share a drink and everything's rosy. Just tap him and go, hey, Noffa, don't worry about training tomorrow. I'll sort it out. Enjoy yourself. Happy, it's a celebration. Happy to, happy to share this lovely social occasion with you. Oh, shit. Here comes Pasco. Can you tell which one of us he's looking at? <laughs> there are a multitude of different ways that that can be avoided. And as much as I, I love to fucking have a rag on, on offer in satire, if, if you've been invited to a wedding and you go there... I don't think it's entirely proper that, especially if it's a wedding that is essentially a company event. Yeah, yeah. Right? That they say to you, hey, we'd like you to come to this wedding, 
do not do not go over the top and get yourself a hangover because you have to train the next day. Fair enough if he was playing the next day. Hey, please show up for the ceremony, then fuck off and, and get your eight hours and get ready for the game. Yeah. But there were so many fucking potential check gates here to stop this happening. Yeah. But then even though they fucked up all of those, they fucked up on the actual... On, on following through with any real or meaningful action on that anyway. Yeah, yeah. Dump, dump from so, the leadership group and... Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, worst, worst case scenario, he shows up hungover, um, no penalty, because he was at the wedding with the fucking CEO and the chairman and the coach. It's my understanding that he couldn't complete the session. Mm. So it wasn't just that he was there and they're like, oh, yeah, Nolfa looks a bit hungover. Yeah, he obviously was. Yeah, look, and, and you got to remember as well. Even though Madge was at the wedding, the wedding Madge is Madge too, though. And we know yeah. that you know, and we know that how that he trains players, and he fucking burns them out. Yeah. So it's 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 probably a hard session, and Noff is puking. Mm. But um, you know, yeah. It just, I think, it speaks more to the fact the 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 lack of standards or or the and the lack of accountability around failing to meet those standards at the Tigers and it's what we've seen in terms of like players being dropped like Madge sort of tried that a little bit but then the results have been that you know, like for example like guys like BJ and James Roberts have both had you know times being dropped yep but they come back and then things don't change and they it's really they only get suspended or injure themselves out of selection now this is the thing and the, the Tigers are the fucking poster boy for this the issues with rugby league at the moment, I firmly believe, are due to a talent drought in terms of uh, players understand that there is such a finite pool of resources to draw from that they can go close to getting away with, with almost anything. They also understand that because of the work of the fucking RLPA, that it is almost impossible for them to to have any sort of reduction no matter what they dish out on the field. Like how is in, it not in, ringing? In, in cash. Yeah, that's yeah. it. In money. How does it not ring any fucking alarm bells on how common it is that players have amazing years in contract years mm-hmm. and then drop down to about 70% of that output Yeah. or quality of play? The greatest thing for the game, the greatest thing for the game that they could do is what we were talking about and suggested a while ago have a minimum payment. Yep. And then that's what's guaranteed. <clears throat> Everything else, as long as you perform, you get whatever's in your contract. Yeah, like per per first grade game, for example. That's it. And, you know, that's what I mean. Yeah, whatever it is. And then if the club, for any reason, is not happy with your performance, then they can drop you, and all they're responsible for is that minimum wage. We're not saying yeah. that they don't pay you, and that minimum wage that we're talking about is an amazingly livable wage that almost anyone in Australia would be happy to be on yeah. for just playing football. Yeah. yeah. And then they put some accountability back on the players. Yeah. But they're not, so fuck the Tigers. Yeah. And just finally, quickly... Uh- Origin three, the venue's locked in very late in the in the in the, in the, the day really, but uh, yeah. as expected, as the as the word you know got louder and louder, 
Newcastle, McDonald Joe Stadium, will be hosting the Origin. Uh, with the COVID restrictions, they will be permitted to have a 75% capacity crowd, which will result in about 20,000 fans through the gates. Mm-hmm. And uh, this game was originally to be in Sydney, but with the lockdown uh, still going and likely to be extended for another week, uh, or I think it has been extended for another week, hasn't it? At least a week. And so that's ruled out the Stadium Australia, unless they were going to try and you know do it with zero fans, and I don't think they were ever prepared to do nah, that. Not for an origin. And so now it's uh, yeah it's in uh, in Newcastle. So the Blues they'll stay in their traditional base up there uh, at Kingscliff or down there for us, uh, and uh, then down to Newcastle. So yeah, look great for the region as the as the game one up in Townsville was great for the region. Yep. Uh, good fucking luck getting a ticket with only twenty thousand available. Yeah. Uh, even though it's a dead rubber. <clears throat> let's face it. Newcastle, Newcastle fans, they bought tickets when, when they were running stone motherless last with no fucking prospects of getting yeah. off the bottom of the ladder. Yeah. So, and, and they will do the same for the opportunity and the novelty of having an origin game, you know, in their backyard. Yeah. Spot on. Um, but yeah, so more on origin, probably on the, uh, on, on the Sunday's episode as we get closer to the actual game itself and yep. we uh, get a, get a better look at how things are going to shake out there. But, uh, yeah. And if you're a Newcastle, if you're a Newcastle-based listener, or a New South Wales-based listener, because I guess you know you're the only guys who really got a chance of getting in there, let us know if you're going. And because um, I reckon it'll be a fucking killer, it'll be a killer atmosphere there. Even mm. at seventy-five percent capacity, it'll be fucking awesome. And yeah. uh, hopefully, you get to see a hand grenade. I'm fucking never gonna stop on this hand grenade <laughs> shit. Never. Can't stop. Won't stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be fucking saying hand grenades till the fucking day I die. The cut still won't do it. <laughs> Previews for this week shortened round due to the Origin game, aforementioned Origin game. Uh, we've got a Thursday game though, and it is uh, the Mighty Manly Seagulls taking on the Canberra Raiders at a Brookvale, aka Four Pines uh, Park. The. Uh, Manly Seagulls site, obviously a bit of change uh, changing around there given uh, Tommy and Daly will be uh, playing for uh, their state of origin respective states. Um, so Garrett goes back to fullback as he, as he uh, was last time. Uh, what else have they done here? Uh, Suley comes in in the five, but I can't imagine he's going to play on the wing. I mean, he just doesn't have the speed. So I'd say that, uh, that perhaps he'll end up in the centers and Brad Parker will shift out to a wing. Uh, at this stage, they've got uh, Kieran Foran and Dylan Walker in the halves. I can't imagine it's going to stay that way, though, as we work towards the uh, the squad reductions. I know they have dropped off um, 20 and uh, 21 at this stage. So it's uh, George and, and uh, the guy who I hope debuts this year, uh, Cooler. Um, otherwise, you know, as per, you know, pack as per the way they are. Um, the Raiders side. Okay, so Xavier Savage is playing his second NRL game um, in place of uh, Bailey Simonson, who's injured, who's obviously replacing uh, Nickel Klukstar, who's also injured. Um, where else do we have here? In the, where Matt Frawley comes into the halves. So he's replacing Whiten, who's out for Origin. Uh, Gula comes in to replace um, Papa Lee, who's playing for Queensland. Ryan James comes onto the bench, and Elliot Whitehead is out all right, with a shoulder injury, and um, the old uh, gouger himself, Hudson Young, comes into the side. Mm. Look, the Raiders were extremely embarrassed last week 
probably the worst they've played in fucking years because while they've had some what you would describe as heartbreaking losses and poor losses, the game last week literally had no fucking candles to be lit anywhere. True. Like they've had, they've had, you know, it's like it's a meme that the, you know, the games where they, in this year it's happened half a dozen times where they've built up a good win 30 minutes into the game and surrendered it by half time, or certainly, you know, shortly into the second half and gone on to lose sometimes heavily in, you know, in, in by the end of the game. But this, but this was the, the first game I've, I've seen in a little while for the Raiders, I think, where they just didn't have any fucking, there was no silver linings. There was no, there's nothing you could, you could add to it. Um, Manly obviously are gonna gonna miss Daly, and they'll miss Tommy of course. But then you know, fucking last time Tommy was rested for you know for the purpose of Origin, I mean they put fifty on the Cowboys, and that's and that was the game where Garrick emerged, and became the player that he's been you know for the subsequent month where and he's I was, been I was fucking just killing about it. To say that's you know well okay that that's not great because yeah it was the Cowboys, but just thinking about it. In like terms Canberra of Canberra, kind of yeah. That's it. In terms of quality yeah. of play, that's about the level where Canberra are this season. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see any way that Canberra get out of because the, at the moment they're scared. They're scared of playing football because they don't know how to get themselves out of trouble. Yeah, and they've got this. They're you know not unified. It's playing group. It's a yeah. kind of, there's, a, there's a weird vibe in there. That's I, I, I wonder if the embarrassment from last week is something that brings them together. Yeah, maybe. And like gives them like a sort of an additional determination. But they don't have like Whiten and they don't have, you know, I mean, we're missing good guys or great guys. They're missing, you know, good to very good guys on their yeah, team that's that, are, you know, are, are very important for them as well. Um, Manly's pack undisturbed and they've been trampling motherfuckers the last couple of weeks. So. I don't see them uh, letting off at all, really. And it, 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 for me, it's really just the halves. I mean, I've got utmost confidence in Kieran Four and in you know in a game management kind of role. And his kicking game is not as good as Daly's, but I mean, it's still, it's you know it's okay. Um, Dylan Walker is going to have to be the more roaming sort of guy, but I don't think he's going to start at seven. I think by the time we get close to the game, I reckon they'll probably put him in the fourteen and then start with Cade Cust in the halves. Um, and which at which point my only concern for him really is that just match fitness because he's been yeah, he's been out injured for a couple of weeks, so he just yeah. doesn't have a hell of a lot of game time. However, you know I think Garrick is going to do his part, his uh, increasingly uh, excellent you know Tommy Turbo impersonation from the back, and then you've still got guys like Harper and Saab um, and yeah. the forwards who who've just been fucking killing it for like you know six, six you know, six to eight weeks now. And I, uh, I don't see how without Whiten. And without Papali driving them, I don't see where the Raiders' points are coming from. So I'm tipping Manly. Yep. Uh, won't be 50 burger this week, I don't think. But um, fucking stranger things have happened. And, you know, how, how committed are they to getting rid of Sticky? That's mm. that's what it comes down to. Uh, Friday, the uh, solo game we've got there. It's the uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the North Queensland Cowboys in Newcastle. And... Uh, the Rabbitohs side, so Latrell Mitchell, he's out for Origin. Dan Gagai, he's out for Origin, replaced by uh, replaced by Braden Burns. Um, Selle replaces Cameron Murray, who's out uh, for New South Wales. Burgess starts at prop. Jaden Sewer comes into the starting side in the second row. Jai Arrow, he's gone because he's playing Origin as well. Uh, the hooker replacing Damian Cook, Benji Marshall. And um, 
Margot and uh, Mamuzelos join the interchange. The North Queensland Cowboys side. Okay, so um, Dejan Arcee replaces Valentine Holmes, who'll be uh, at Queensland. Um, the debutant, uh, the hammer, Tabuai Fido, he's playing for Queensland this time too. So uh, Lemulu has to come in there. Uh, Cohen Hess starts in prop with uh, Burr being benched and Gilbert replaces uh, murderous Frank, who I don't think is in the 17 for Queensland this time. But, I don't but think, still in camp. But still in camp with them, yeah. I think he's the 18th or 19th, um, which is strange because like, I, I get that they've... They're bringing guys in, and they have to make spaces because they're bring, they're yeah promoting yeah. Ben Hunt to hooker, and they're and you know they've got guys like uh yeah Ponga coming back in, and then they might want to put like you know Brimson on the bench. So I, I get that there's you know finite spaces in the side, but I thought that he was one of their better performers uh, when he came on in, that, in, in and and especially in that area that that they really can't afford to be taking any any talent out of that. Yeah. That grit and meterage game, but yeah, yeah anyway. like they didn't have any last time. I mean, they need something. Um, uh, Paul Green's a professional coach, apparently. Um, so look, you just got the at the end of the day, we've still got the Cody, Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds steering ship around. Yeah, I've I've got you know to say that I've got reservations about Benji Marshall at hooker, both defensively and in service, is an understatement. Do, do you have reservations about him? They're more than than when he plays in the halves. I sort of feel that he can be hidden a little bit more. Like there's going to be some extra work for the forwards around him. But. I just don't know that he. Yeah, I, I just think that he is going to provide. I mean, because Benji Marshall has never been considered a fucking lockdown defender. No, <laughs> at any stage of his career, no, and putting him into into perhaps the most defensively arduous position on the field. Certainly, as far as sustained eighty minutes. Of you know of defence, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's gonna have, there. There are gonna have to be people sort of bodyguarding him a little bit, which means that there's yeah. You know, does that open up options? You know, on the edges. Look, all I these guys is, have to come in the middle. I just need him to not fuck up too badly, and then we can honestly say that Benji Marshall's a better hooker than Robbie Farrer ever was. Look, the Rabbits have got enough guys there, enough finishes in the back line, and they've got their a stable halves, halves combination there to, if nothing else, kick them out of trouble. And the North Queensland Cowboys, I mean, Valentine Holmes has been like their best player. Yeah. He's been look, a catalyst for a lot of their, you know, the good things that they've done. Also, look at motivation. You've got one guy, one guy there who was passed over for Mitch Moses. Mm-hmm. For the origin side, yep. and one guy who was, you know, probably will will not play again. Yeah, in um, in Walker, there's some motivation there for them to perform this week. Yeah, yeah. So Souths are way too strong. Yeah. Okay, we're moving on to Saturday. The Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs take on the Sydney Roosters. Okay, so changes from last round for the doggies. Um, Waddell, Katoa, Shoop. Napa all return. They were the, the COVID breaches. Um, Brandon Wakeham's left out, but uh, it's funny. Like in, in Trent's press conference last week after the game, he was clearly seething about these players. Yes. And uh, and when asked if he would bring them straight back in, he was kind of like, you know, look, I don't know. Like, you know, like he wasn't like over my dead body, but it was kind of like, you, you know, Obviously, he knew 
like we all knew, is that he really doesn't have the fucking choice but to let them straight yeah, back in. exactly. He can't drop them on principle because principle last week, or well, yeah, if he dropped them on principle this week, you get a repeat of last week. And we saw what happened last week. Um, which, you know, and this is the guy, this is a guy that's desperate to retain his job too. But this is his job is in danger. When, when you're at that point though, would you not like at least, because at the moment he's got nothing, mm. would you at not at least try to have the moral high ground? Would you not I say, well, look, I'm going to run out the same team as last week and, and the, they're, they're men against boys and they're all learning and they're yada, yada, yada. However, that's how strongly I feel about the the respect you need to have for our jersey. See, that would be great, but I mean, he's not a good coach and he didn't say that. Uh, true. I mean, that's, that, that is like, you know, in some respects, an example of what good coaching looks like. <laughs> but, but unfortunately, the way that Trent has gone is, fuck me, I cannot have another fucking 60-burger yeah, my job is is got to be on the line, and with the great fucking Bob Fulton passing away a month ago, if this one goes down, I'm never getting another one. Yeah, true. Because my number one fucking protector is gone, and I'll be fucking joining him <laughs> if you know if I get another one of these sixty burgers yeah. thrown on me, and my career will be fucking sitting next to Bozo. So I just feel like he's I just feel like he's between a rock and a hard place. Can't afford to concede another 60, so he has to bring these players in. But then what that does for any, you know, respect, hardline discipline, standards, Consequences, cetera, same as we're talking yeah. about with the Tigers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, what else we got here? Um, who, who else has gone into this fucking side for these dogs? Does it even matter? Sione Katoe is there. It doesn't uh, fucking matter this week. because the Roosters have had a week after an embarrassment as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like total and, pain for the Roosters, the yeah. worst in in probably close to a decade. And you look at their lineup on paper again, and you're like, well, you know, it's mm. not bad. No, it's not. Considering the fucking injuries that they you know, suffered, it's the, not bad. The worst thing you can say about the Roosters' age is it's the wrong mix of age and youth. Yeah, you know they've got a lot of really really young guys in some pretty key positions. Mm-hmm. And the guys shepherding them through uh, are well over the event horizon. Yeah. Oh, and and, and have died before their, their time as well. You know, there's the yeah. amount. You know, just just imagine having a you know settling forces like B Moz and yeah, and uh, and like Cordell yeah, on the exactly. field. With you, you know, exactly. and Jake Friend. I mean, those three alone, just the wealth of experience, premiership winning, you know, experience. It's just it's just yeah. so valuable. But- and then. Yeah, but still looking looking at them, there are going to be a, a couple of areas that that they have just been drilled in this week, and yeah. I assume one of them is defence. Yeah, and I probably think, just really stripping things down just to some basic yeah. fallback positions. I, I really take. think this week we're going to see an outstanding defensive position from the uh, performance from the Roosters, and that's against a side whose problem all year has been scoring points. Exactly. So could I mean, become what a better, better time, time for the to yeah. What better time to want to look like you can defend? Yeah. Than when you're playing the doggies. Yeah, exactly. So And yeah. and this game Roosters. is like, you know, this 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 game, I mean, when it comes to the doggies, this on paper for them would appear to be one of the most winnable games they're gonna get in the run home. Yeah. <laughs> but do you think they're gonna get within fucking twenty? No. Nope. nope. Sunday, 
Sharky's take on the Warriors at Net Strata Jubilee Stadium. The Sharky side, um, Tracy replaces the injured young Mac Moylan, who uh, I believe was a calf injury he suffered in the in the yeah, warm-up of last week's game. Um, he only hurts young parts of his body. Yeah, Chambers returns to uh, plug the gap left in the centres there. Uh, Trindle drops to the bench. Uh, Hiroti drops the reserves. Warriors side, okay, so Reese Walsh returns at fullback. Uh, mm-hmm. Cody Nicarima returns to 5'8". Matt Lodge comes straight into the starting front row. Um, Evans drops to the bench. Um, Tuvas Shek again to the wing to accommodate the uh, the Reese Walsh at fullback. And uh, Rocco Berry returns. Cosi uh, Pompey drops to the reserves. Torhu Harrison, Chad Townsend are out. Bailey Sirenen starting back row. Ben Murdoch and Masilla to the bench. <sighs> We didn't get to see the Chad revenge game. We didn't. We didn't. Oh. Convenient. Will we Very get to convenient. See Matt Lodge beat them twice in two weeks. Yeah. So, know. um, look, I mean, the Sharks, you, know, you want to talk about the Roosters being embarrassed last week. Yeah. Wow. Sharks lost to the Brisbane fucking Broncos. <sighs> Is it more shameful to, to, to lose by 40 plus to the Storm? Plenty of teams have done it this year. Yeah, <laughs> or is it? Or is it more shameful to lose to the Broncos? Not many yeah, have done that. That's it. <laughs> um, man, you know when, oh, when I the can't French imagine. surrendered very quickly, they were looking around, going, "Well, pretty good blitzkrieg." You know, yeah. There's no shame in losing to that. <laughs> well, well, this this is the thing. I mean, you know, the French are, you know, it's often like, you know, you know, framed as the French being cowards, but it wasn't the case. I mean, the French were fighting World War One tactics against the fucking innovative World War Two exactly. Two Army. Uh, yeah. They didn't realize that the, the the fucking way war was fought had changed. <laughs> and you know, uh, the, the, the French general Boyd Le Cordner and, uh, <laughs> recently yeah. been shell shocked. So. But, uh, you know, the the Sharks, though, man, I just don't know. I, I can't trust the Warriors to do anything ever. After the last 10 minutes of that game last week. After the last anything of anything this year, you know, they're, like, they're just untrustworthy. Sometimes they'll pull funny. out a performance and you'll be like, oh, my fucking God, where'd that come from? Yeah. But the times you think they're going to do something are the times they almost certainly will not. In, in what's turned out to be a very coach-heavy episode, hmm. this, I think, will be far more a reflection of Brownie's coaching in what he's done with them this week in terms of how they perform. Yeah. Because they were fucking... They were good until, like, the last yeah. eight minutes or something, whatever. They were good until that... Chad lost his fucking mind. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, fuck me. What do you do? I don't know. I'm going the Sharks. I mean, yeah. the Sharks have been much better lately, uh, and surely losing to the Broncos. I mean, if anything is going to jolt a side out of the malaise, because I don't, I cannot for one minute believe that the late withdrawal of Matt Moylan was the reason. No, not at all. You know, they had you plenty know, of opportunities, plenty of like, breaks where they could have scored. How how motivated is SJ to beat up on his club, on his new club? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, tip of the sharks. Fuck, yep, with no agree. confidence. Okay, mailbag time. 
And actually, before we get into the mailbag, just want to say uh, thank you to the people. And uh, one of them off the top of my head was uh, one of our patrons, Conan. Mm. And let me tell you, answering the question, what is best in life? What is best in life is when people like Conan send me an email and let us know that the that new uh, NRL state of mind campaign is uh, live and in the wild. And he uh, he sent an email to, to us and said that uh, it came on during a Formula One podcast. There you go. And so... Uh, I mean, this is this like this campaign for the NRL. It's, I mean, it's kind of a strange one. You know, you've probably heard uh, a short uh, a, a short uh, ad about it at the start of this episode. I'd imagine you'll probably hear one at the end of the very end of the episode as well. But then we had to record a, a third a third uh, advertisement um, for the NRL, uh, this mental health initiative, and um, it's appearing not on this show, and it's appearing on other sports shows within the stable of uh, of our host network so you're probably going to if you listen to any other shows that are, that are hosted on ACAST you're probably going to hear there's a 30% chance of hearing us on that show yes for the next sort of month or so but um, we're very happy to be doing this uh, with the NRL and uh, we we most definitely are, very, are, are strong believers in, uh, in in the mental health message and the the message about you know starting a conversation mm. with your friends and being there and, to start a conversation but also the the whole idea is to have the skills to do it yes that that's one of the reasons we like the campaign was because it's not just saying it's like and here's the thing you know the the whole like are you okay move is fantastic and I take nothing away from that but you know what's hard the next step when you yep. go, mate, are, are you all right? And someone goes, well, well actually, no. Well, yeah, to, be, to yeah. be honest, not really. Yeah. Fuck, what do you do? Oh, okay, chin up. Yeah. Um, th- this campaign looks to, to upskill people in how to have those conversations, which I think is really important. Yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, and if you, if you hear us on a particularly weird show... <laughs> <laughs> By all means, let us know. I think so far I've had I had a um a boy Chappy as well. I think he he uh, sent me a, a message the other day. He was one of the first ones. I think it was like literally. I'd only just been told that it had kind of been approved by the NRL and everything like that. And uh, and he's hit me almost like like on Monday afternoon. And he said, and it was on a, something called the Football Ramble, which is a uh, an English, I guess, an English like a Premier League or you know like an English soccer podcast. So. Um, Fuck me! How boring would that be? Well, I mean, I would. Yeah, you know, that's one thing you could say. The other thing you could say is, "Welcome, listeners of the Football Ramble, who found out about our show from the <laughs> the NRL thing." Fucking we, how uh, lucky! How lucky are you, cunts, to have moved <laughs> on to something where people are talking about a sport, an actual sport that is entertaining enough in its own right to keep you engaged for eighty minutes not one that the audience has to make up fucking nursery rhymes with new words to keep themselves from falling asleep. Or, 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 bash, or, or, or bash people. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, there's, yeah, that's the other option. Um, you know, bash people on the way from the pub to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Um, now, onto the actual mailbag stuff. Uh, ben said, "Is uh, am I still erect from the last round? Look, I mean, it's it's all a bit Groundhog Day, isn't it? Um, I enjoyed it. For, I enjoyed it for what it was, but you know, it's 
been a big fucking week. So yes. yeah, I, I, I think back on it, you know, fondly, but you know, onto the next, it's all business now under the radar. Um, Ryan says, how much of a grace period should new coaches receive in their roles? I find it kind of frustrating that new coaches are instantly given full responsibility for poor performances by both the media and fans when really they've inherited a ton of shit like old players, back-ended contracts, incompetent management, etc., which they need to muddle through to turn around the club. Clubs should be treated like the Titanic in that they can't exactly go 180 in an incident. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I agree with that. But I mean, I, th- I think that, I think most coaches kind of get get that to a certain degree. Mm. People aren't talking about a coach getting sacked halfway through their first season if they're a rabble. Yeah. Unless and- they've like been promoted from within or, you know what yeah. I mean? Like they're not, I mean, let's face it, Trent would be, fu- <laughs> like if we're on merit, Trent's fucking sacked right now. But this is, look at that Bulldogs job. Mm-hmm. Who was in the picture for it? I've was no there fuck, anybody I've, else? I've no idea. Was there it just seemed to be as soon as it, it, it seemed, you know, in the picture was Dean, was Dean Pay right as the incumbent, and then it was because they signed Trent that he became unemployed, right? Yeah, but yeah. again, who else was in in the line for that job other than Trent? Yeah, I just think it was you're because a, um, I just think Trent was in line for a job. Yeah, and the dogs. Yeah, because of the way that the media treats him, mm-hmm. the dogs were, were conned. Yes, but more experienced coaches were not lining up for that job no. is what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. And again, the issue with going into any role is you as the coach need to go in with your eyes wide open mm-hmm. that that board or that football department or whoever they are don't really want to give you much of a grace period. So the reason they don't get that grace period is because the board sits there and goes, we've made sound recruitment decisions. Mm. You know, a, a very wise mentor of mine once said to me that if you give people the opportunity to look like fuckwits, they will very rarely take it. Mm-hmm. So no one, and what that what it essentially means is no one's going to sit down and say, you know what, we have fucked this. We have well and truly fucked this. Players are overpaid. We've got the wrong people in the wrong positions. Uh, our fucking strength and conditioning guy has no idea what he's doing. Mm-hmm. We we are at fault here. We have yeah. fucked up big time. Yeah. Uh, which is why it comes down to the coaches. Yeah. Again, how much better would it be for the coaching stock in the country if they could walk into a club and essentially say, hey, I'm here. I've got an idea of what I want to do with the club and I'm going to tell you what it is. Uh, and anyone that doesn't get in line with that, you're welcome to look uh, look elsewhere. We will be fucking dropping you down to to this minimum wage deal, and putting you on uh, on the available list for other clubs to look at. And yeah. then we'll buy in new talent. Yeah, yeah. How easy does that make being the coach of a new club? Yeah, or the, sorry, because, the new coach of a club. Because what happens is, you when you do get on it, you, you do get on this merry-go-round, and it's one that the dogs find themselves on at the moment where. They sack coaches so frequently that they never have, you know, the the mythical, you know, their players or their squad, yeah, you know, or they're constantly, you know, coaching the last guy's squad, yeah. and you know, when you have a turnover, places like the Tigers are another one as well. When you have like coach turnover like that, it's it's never gonna be their fucking squad because you don't keep because player contracts, yeah, last twice as long as the fucking coaches there, exactly. 
and then, and they can't, they, you know, they can't be the clean out for it. But um, and like and trends in this situation exactly now. Like you know, next year you've got like you know Fox and Burton and fucking you know presumably um, Naden. You know, Tavita Pangai. Uh, yeah, you know, you've got you know these guys coming into the side, mm. and so no matter what happens this year, Trent always has the oh yeah, but I've recruited well for next year, and they're gonna they're they're my they're my guys, you know. Mm. So mm. anyway, um, where are we? Uh, Shane says with the Chooks having over one million in the official cap after Friend and Cordner retiring, who do you think they go after on the market? My prediction is Payne Haas is who they're going to go for. Mm. Yeah, probably. Word on the street is that he is not happy at the Broncos and he's a great player. Why would he be fucking happy at the Broncos? I think that if Kevy's cleaning house, and he, he's maybe cleaning house like you just described, and I think he may elect to sort of say like anyone who's not on board... Yeah, there's the door, yeah. and and with the salary cap from a Boyd Cordner, the Roosters could very easily afford Payne Haas. Yep, and he's a fucking great addition for any side. Yeah, he would be. I, I'd fucking love him. I'd love to have him on my side. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my number one prediction for who the, who the Chooks would uh, go for. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Going down, Michael says, who has been the best buy of the season so far? Oh, God. Panthers haven't bought anyone, so I guess it's not really anyone that comes to the top of mind on that side, on the Panthers <clears throat> side of things. I mean, I have I have opinions. I've got, I mean, the first thing, you, your mind always goes to your, you know, your side. Yep. And like, I mean, when you talk about the way that things have turned out this year, Jason Saab has been a fucking... <laughs> Did you buy this a, year or last year? We yeah he was the dragons last year so he's this is his first year for us yeah and um he's a good fucking buy if he hadn't have been injured and had played all the games I also sort of said uh, Josh Aloye as well I mean because he was our best forward when he got injured so um yeah at yeah. that time and since then we've had you know there's been the advent of you know your Sipleys and Pasekas and Marty's so, been become really good as well so who but, else um, though who else is on the list uh, who else is on the list of great buys this year. I'm thinking like call it? is a buy a season player from another club. I just or- let's let's make it real easy. A player that you brought into a player that's been brought into to, into a side this year, Harry Grant. Yeah, well, I mean they could they kind of already owned him though, right? They I mean yeah, but he's come from another side. Yeah, but they knew but they and knew I also what he just gets to remind Tigers fans. Yeah, but they, just yeah, how but- good they they had it last year. Yeah, but he's but they they already they already owned him and they already knew what they had too. I mean, yeah, they true. just had Captain Cuntox in front of him. That's all. Um, um, so look, I'm I'm going to say that the the for once the Roosters are actually not they're non-starters in this. I mean, like Sam Walker's good and all, but you know, yeah, but he's not elevating them to to new things. No, the doggies. I mean, I'm not going to give them anything. Um. In just for the lols. Yeah, I mean, t- like the Titans have had a number of good buys, but I feel like they're probably underperformed to what you, yeah, you know, you I guys agree. like Tino and your Dave Feedenstein. Um, man, yeah. Dragons, nothing. I'm not going to give them anything. Like even Jack uh, Bird hasn't been sensational. Yeah. The buy of the year, 
was Josh McGuire <laughs> going to the Dragons. It was the buy of the year for the Cowboys. <laughs> the buy of the year was Jared Hain leaving general fucking population. Yeah, now, uh, so I guess, uh, discuss, people. There we go. We've opened the floor. Send us your buys of the year thus and far. Why? Give us, give and us a yeah, why. It has to be why. You can't just throw names. Don't, don't don't just throw a name at me. And like if you're gonna, especially if you're going to throw a name from your own side, you need to provide you know some justification as to why that you know why you're led to believe that way. Yes, rather you than do. Blind, rather than blind loyalty. Um, Matthew says, "I've rather hastily done the math, and over the eight in a row, Queensland had an overall points differential of plus one eighteen. Which is fucking crazy, right? Oh, I mean, serious? just no, 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 no. Total. That's okay. the number of points because you remember some games are like two point games. You know, they might have won the series two one, but you know, the dead rubber something. You know, or, you know, we would get a win and win by twelve in a game or something, but they'd win the other two by two. You know, etc. Um, so the Blues this season need a forty nine point win to beat in one series what it took Queensland eight. Oh, it's an aggregate. Okay. Aggregate, yeah. This is a points differential over all the, yeah, all okay, of the that enough. that eight in a row period. Do you think Turbo and Latrell can get us over the line, or will the influence of Gutho just being in the squad fuck it up? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, don't put don't put this fucking evil on New South Wales. Yeah, we need. I like as devastating as it would be to me personally. If Tommy was to get an injury that would preclude him from playing in manly games going forward for you know a number of weeks. It would hurt me much more if Tommy was to be injured and Gutho came into the 17. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's see, uh, Daniel says, State of Origin in Newey. How good? Of course, you better be there, cunt. Um, Tim says, Is JDB even that good? Look, I hear you. Yeah. You know what? So, not now. Do you, well, do you know when the last time I thought JDB was actually good was before he ever put on a Blues jersey? Yeah, and and this and we spoke my, about that, right? That, yeah. that Dragons dominating pack. That it, yeah, it's my lasting impression of him that he he was a world beater when he had something to prove. Mm-hmm. You know, he had that thing where where he wasn't a shoe in for Origin. He he obviously wanted to play, and his performance before that series was amazing. And then after, his club form fell off a cliff. It was like, oh, well, I've done that. Yeah. I've done that. It was the, the same thing with contract years and stuff like that. That that was his his driver, and he didn't have anything in him to sustain that level. So, no, I, I think he's resting on a false laurel. And he didn't have it, and, and he's found it you know, difficult to prove anything since. That's it. Nothing has um, been proven. Exactly. Jack exactly. Uh, Shane, uh, does, is the NRL the sporting world's goat when it comes to off-field bullshit? From COVID hide-and-seek to international drug smuggling, surely we have every other organization covered. I know it feels like that sometimes, but I still think that every major American sport particularly is, um, I think they've got us covered. For example, just think about the NFL alone. I mean, the NFL, you have your situations where there's literally guys killing people. <laughs> and, and you know, I guess that's a, that's kind of a byproduct of, of America as well because, you know, like just gun violence is an American thing that we don't really have here. But, I mean, Americans also have the, they also have the drug smuggling stuff. 
Yes. But they've got murders and they've got domestic violence like the NRL has, but also like domestic violence is like fucking ramped up to like, you know, turned up to 11. Um, I'm sure a quick Google would reveal that like, you know, that there's, and I know that we'll have listeners that'll be able to tell us this as well. I mean, but I, I imagine that there's been crazy shit happening, you know, in baseball, yeah. <laughs> like basket, I, yeah, basketball. I mean, I'm sure there's fucking ton, a ton of that shit as well. Yeah. But okay, let, let's look at this just to bring it in perspective. To compare that, it, what Nate said before is, I think the most important point in America, this is just from 2017. Mm-hmm. There were 475 daily reported cases of gun-related death and injury. Yeah. 475 per day. Yeah. You contrast that in Australia where there was one guy who had a knife walking through the Queen Street Mall in Brisbane. And it shut the city down, and it was all that was on the news for a week. You know, yep. um, the the stuff that makes the news here, the stuff that that's crime here, we see far less serious things as oh my god than anyone in America does. So yeah, we, we've got fucking nothing. Yeah, and let's let's. I've I've just done a quick search and I found a I found something on a Bleacher Report where it goes through the twenty five most violent off field incidents in sports history. Oh god! So I'm just going to skim, skim through some highlights. We got um, uh, Patrick Kane, also ice hockey um, ice hockey player, beat up a cab driver for twenty cents. He um he he's also an Olympic silver medalist. Uh, and uh, they attacked the cab driver because he didn't have the proper twenty cents in change that he requested. Um. Where are we here? Uh, I'm trying to see if there's something. Uh... Fuck me. There's like, oh, there's, you know, yeah, you look at the NBA. I mean, you've got like, you know, Dennis Rodman's just like, you know, the things that Dennis Rodman did off court yeah. would be major things here. You know what I mean? Just yeah, in the bad it. boy Rodman sort of era. Um... <laughs> Remember. <laughs> Remember, I do remember this. I remember Eric Cantona in the soccer when he did like that flying karate kick into the crowd. Yeah, to hit, a, hit a guy in the stand. <laughs> there's all there's all sorts of crazy shit out there. But I would think and, if and- I had to, if I had to, if I had to, uh, you know, bet my life, I would say that the NFL is probably the yeah the worst. Yeah, it's good old CTE, huh? Oof. Yeah, you want to talk about fucking impulse control. Yeah. <laughs> Joshua says, um, about that thing with Matt Lodge with the Broncos and some of our fans going on about at least the Yanks are getting paid, get stuffed. Anyone like Lodge, JDB, etc., should have any chance to play professional football shot to pieces permanently. Make them find a job in construction or something. Be a pleb, earning pleb money, and learn just how much they've stuffed up their privileged lives with dumb shit violent behavior. I have no issue with these people earning a living, just not in any sporting industry where they are by proxy role models for future generations. Any particular ex-players that the guys can think of that have been proper booted for NRL and football that hasn't had a team in another comp, I'm looking at you, Super League, that's taken them. Okay, so ex-players that we can think of that have been properly booted from the NRL and football that haven't had a team in another comp. Nah, even Robert Louis. Yeah, I mean, he's starred in Super League, you could say. 
Uh, after, um, but even guys like Sandow and um, and uh, like Carney, I mean Carney did he got a run overseas? I mean he he fucked that up or got homesick or whatever and came back. back, but he still was given a job over there. Yeah, he was still employed. Um, so guys that have been at, that, that have been just fucking one and done. It's a good question, and I know that there's people out there that will remember these things if they happen particularly to someone that played for their team. Yeah, let us know. Like Anthony, yeah. Like Anthony Watts came close, mm. but but he still played for he still played for the 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 minor yeah. leagues up here where he bit that guy in the dick. <laughs> That's right. Down the Goldie. So I don't know if that if that counts for what we're talking about now, but. <laughs> Honestly, you get you you get you get bashed by Robbie Farry in a game in the NRL. <laughs> you know, that's Not too many upsides to your career, are they? No, and then and then you you know they talk about CTE. You get CTE from Robbie bashing you to the point where you you're playing like you know second second division Gold Coast local competition, and and you bite a guy on the dick. To what yeah, end? God damn. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, Liam said, in these tough times, how good is it that Origin has been taken to Newcastle and Townsville in the one year? Very good. It is. Uh, the, my only regret is that they are games that I would love to be at. I would have loved to have been at that Townsville game, not just for the absolute fucking flogging, but just the lead up and the just the buzz around yeah. it. Um, because you could tell, I mean, the crowd was, was fucking insane in that game, despite the mm-hmm. fact they were getting pumped. Yeah. Um, Thank you for your questions, everyone. Uh, and that is it. Full time for episode 414. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us in many, many ways. Go to thisweekinleague.com forward slash links and you'll find there links to uh, our shop, our Patreon, um, our social community, social media communities and more. Um, if you'd like to support the show, make sure you become a patron. Uh, patreon.com forward slash twill nation and uh, drop us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend. Invite your friends into the Facebook group. It's fucking good times, as you know. And um, you're firing up a billy. What are you doing over there? Um, right. And speaking of Patreon, I'd love to give a shout out to some of our wonderful patrons this week. I feel like the what was the what was the woman on uh, Romper Room looking through the magic mirror before my time, man. Oh. <laughs> I, I was squarely a Sesame Street and Play School kid. Well, I mean, Sesame Street's before our times, but it's still you know preceded through our times you know yes. what I mean but uh, I, can't, I can't remember the woman on, on Romper Room but at the end of every episode she sort of looked through the magic mirror and she's like you know she's like I see you know I see Glennie and Sarah and Sammy and like and you're sitting there no, no, like no, no. Going, that was Sammy. that was Romper Stomper that was I see Glennie <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um yeah so Joe Thank you so much for your support, sir. Alex as well, and Ash. Thank you, legends, for supporting us. Um, and uh, yeah, before I forget, I fucking almost, I didn't write it down, so I almost forgot the New South Wales 2021 State of Origin Victory T-shirt. We are going to be closing that one down for orders at midnight, so 11.59 p.m. on Sunday night, and they shall be going into production on Monday. So you have your, this is the last warning you're going to hear on a podcast about getting them. By the time you hear our next show, they're going to be finished. 
So if you want yes. one of those shirts, make sure you get in there. Go to uh, thisweekinleague.com, click on the link to go to the store, and it will be the most recent product, the first product you see on there most probably. And uh, yeah, get in there or uh, forever hold your peace. Um, and that's it. That is that's all the time for for this one. That is us for our our, our, our Glenny free experience. And uh, we hope the uh, hope the champion is I back. I already. I know, right? And uh, you know, I, it's almost so well planned that these things happen at times like there's no Tigers game. I mean, there was no reason for him to be here to be kicked mercilessly. <laughs> I, I just, I feel like, like on one side of my heart is David Nofaluma and the other James Roberts, and there's just a gaping hole in the middle. <laughs> yes. Anyway, we miss the fella, and we hope he's back for the Sunday episode. And um, thank you, everyone else, for listening. And, you know, all jokes aside, if you heard the uh, the NRL uh, State of Mind campaign ad that we did uh, for the NRL on another podcast and it's, and, it's giving you, and it's giving you, yeah, let us know. And if it's given you the, uh, you know, brought us to your attention and you've, uh, you know, listened this far through the episode. <laughs> made it through. If you've made it through this far, <laughs> welcome. You, you're, you're in now, one of us. And, uh, and, we, and, we, and we wholeheartedly welcome you. And uh, you're our kind of weird. Exactly. <laughs> and, I, and hopefully, you know, we, 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 we're talking to you on our next episode on Sunday. And uh, as we'll be talking to all the other legends of Twill Nation. Talk to you then. Later. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.